I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. As you know, the podcast is currently sponsored by Waterfall. For the month of December, Waterfall are spreading some Christmas cheer by giving away a six-month supply of wipes each for you and a friend. So to be in with the chance of winning, follow Waterfall's Instagram page, Waterfall Baby Wipes, which I will link in the show notes. And make sure to tag your friend on the post that I put up the other day on the Ireland's Breath Stories page. Winner will be announced on Instagram. Good luck. And don't forget that Waterfall Baby Wipes contain just two simple ingredients and 99.9% purified water. Waterfall Baby Wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for your baby's skin and for the planet. The Wipes very recently won the best new product um, with the Mums and Tots Awards after only a few months on the shelves, which is amazing. And they're definitely on track to win a lot more awards in 2022. So make sure to go over, follow the Instagram page, which I have tagged in the show notes, and make sure to tag your friends over on my own page. Good luck. In this week's episode, I share my chat with Paula, who talks me through her three pregnancies and three very different births. So Paula has given birth completely unmedicated. She gave birth with an epidural and she also recently had an emergency C-section. She chats to me about her breastfeeding experiences and also her level of preparation throughout her different pregnancies. So with her last pregnancy, she put a lot of prep in. She did a lot of reading. She didn't necessarily attend many classes, but she definitely used gentle birth. Um, and although it wasn't the experience that she desired or even thought could have happened to her, um, she definitely feels like she was better off having those tools um, rather than experiencing what she did without them. So she talks about the reasons why she did have to have her emergency cesarean birth and I think this is just a really nice episode um, of three very different experiences, um, but really a lot of honesty in here as well. So I hope you enjoy and thank you so much, Paula, for sharing your story. And quickly, I want to wish you all a very happy Christmas. This is the last episode that will go out before Christmas. So I just want to take a moment to say 
stay safe um, enjoy the time with loved ones whether it be with family or close friends and yeah just savour it it's been a really really tough year I think tougher than last um, especially the past few months with the, the short days and all these changing restrictions and COVID's just running riot so I'm thinking of everyone do what you need to do to cope over the next few weeks and co- Christmas isn't always fun especially this year so enjoy this episode and I will chat to you soon Okay, so Paula, you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you very much, Cora. Will we just start by uh, hearing a little bit about you and your family? So if you want to give us a little introduction and then we'll talk about your first pregnancy. Sure. Um, I'm Paula and I live in Longford. My husband is Kieran. I'm 35. <laughs> and I always have to think about that. I have three children. I have Grace, who's five. Theron is almost three. And James is six months. So, um, yeah, it's a busy house. Mm, very busy. Mm. Um, so let's dive into your first pregnancy. So my first, um, Grace, I was 30, just the, the day I turned 30 or the weekend when I discovered I was pregnant with Grace. So that was great excitement. Mm. Um, obviously, we only, it was just us that knew. So it was nice kind of little secret we had for a while. Um, yeah, like we were very lucky. Um, we just said we'd, we start trying a few months after we got married and um yeah uh, the january 16 um started off with a pregnancy so it was great and it was it was grand and until maybe i don't know maybe i was 7 months or that and like pelvic girdle pain kicked in and that was sort of like now no crutches or anything like that just mm. you know a bit of pain and I had the belt thing and I went to physio, a few physio sessions for that. And um, then I had the edema, the swelling, like okay. my ankles, hands, uh, feet, face, everything was sort of, um, but I had like six weddings and six hens that year as well. So um, it, was, it was like pre-COVID, you know, when we had events to go to. Um, so it was quite busy, but it was great because the pregnancy went quickly enough. Um, but it was as everyone says, the princess pregnancy. I got to um, oh, yeah. nap, nap when I wanted. Um, you don't realise how good it is until yeah, you're, totally. you're subsequent pregnancy. You're like, oh, I'm so tired. But <laughs> you don't actually know what it's... Yeah, tiredness is yet. But um, no, it was it was grand, really. It was an okay pregnancy. Um, and then I the day after uh, I was due... I just started getting pains. I was watching box sets, chilling out and just starting pains. Called my mom and she came over and then um, my husband came home from work. But I was I had the TENS machine on and I was just kind of timing contractions and that. But look, I, I knew that it would be, a, you know, a while. But, I you know, I didn't know how long or anything. It's first time round. Um, I had done the um, antenatal classes, okay. like the, the ones in person just in our local like primary healthcare centre. Um, and just, I didn't, to be honest, do a huge amount of reading or anything like that the first time around. Um, so then I, yeah, just went into early labour. Um, but like by the time we, so I was going to the coom and I um, rang them and they said, you know, come on ahead and we'll assess you. So <laughs> it was maybe, I don't know, half nine that night then. So pain started around two in the afternoon and half nine that night uh, decided we'd head up anyway and there were roadworks on the way 
And like, <laughs> so like we stopped and my husband was like, he rolled the window down. He's like, this woman is in labor. And they we're like, <laughs> okay. And I was like, woman, I'm your wife. <laughs> you know, and you're just like holding on to the, the yeah. handle thing and you're bu- keeping your bum off the seat. Like, ah. anyway, um, like went through the traffic lights and like they were like walkie talkie to the other side, like let them through. Um, but anyway, we got to the coom and um, they were like, we went to the assessment room and they're like, um, you're one centimeter off the road. <laughs> so they were like, okay, no, you're only one centimeter. I remember that going, oh God, it's like, I don't know, negative language already. I just felt yeah. like, oh, only one centimeter. So they were like, okay, come back to us in two hours. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not going back to Longford. So they were like, okay, walk up and down the stairs. So I did that and I kept sitting on the step and was just I just felt like I was in agony like I've since learned it's fear it's all the cortisol all that but at the time I was just like I can't handle this oh my god how am I going to do this so you know sitting on the stairs people yeah yeah and walking up and down and they're like Jesus is she okay <laughs> obviously for it's a majority hospital but um and everything is worse at night I think as well um anyway at like half 12 I was like no I have to go up I have to be like way on and further on and you know anyway went up and they were like okay you're three centimeters but they were like you have meconium in your waters so my waters broke at that point and so that scared me but but they weren't concerned but they were like um so we we get your room now so this is back in 2016. So obviously my husband could come in and all that. And I was like, oh, I want the epidural. I was just so scared. Like, so um, that was, it was, they were very calm, giving it um, like chatty. Everything was, it's just, I'm just comparing to my, la- my last yeah. experience. So they're, it's just completely different. But, you know, everything was chill. They were very like, you know, cracking jokes, things like that. And um, the anesthesiologist, after it all kicked in and I was on gas and air and stuff, he was American. And I just, I don't know, for some reason, he looked like Quentin Tarantino. And I was like, are you in Pulp Fiction? And he was just looking at me like, what? It's the first time that anyone has ever asked me that. He's like, do you, I mean, you mix me up with someone. But I was just, yeah, a little bit off the wall. Um, because, you know, your first time having gas and air, it's like, whoa. Um but it really helped, obviously. And then the epidural it calmed me down enough to think I can do this. I can deal with this. But at the same time, slowed everything down, okay. you know. So let's say I was three centimeters at whatever, half 11, no, half 12. Um, I didn't have her till 10 a.m., you know. So it really slowed everything right down. Um, I didn't sleep, but I was yeah, counting throughout the my night. Question. Yeah, did you catch it? No, sleep? didn't okay. sleep. My husband conked in the chair. Um, so the next morning then they came in about, I don't know, half, no, nine o'clock or half nine. And they were like, yeah, you're 10. You can start pushing. So I was pushing for a good, you know, 30 minutes, over 30 minutes. And they were like, uh, like my doctor was there and she was like, um, you're going to need help here, basically. And I, it was the whole chin into the chest, like, you know, holding the breath. I knew nothing different. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do what I'm told here. Mm. And, you know, I just felt lightheaded. My head was about to burst. It was horrible feeling. So anyway, um, I decided, or what am I saying? So basically they said, you're going to need some help here. So they used 
vacuum and I had an episiotomy. Um, And look, I said, yeah, whatever you need to do, just, you know, get the baby out safely. And anyway, um, Grace was born and we didn't know it was a surprise. So it was great, like rejoicing. She was a girl and, you know, I made sure that she heard my voice when she came out. I wanted her, you know, to feel as safe as she could be, you know, in, in that moment. And she came up my chest and she fed within a couple of minutes. Everything was great that way. And I had midwives check latch, all that. Um, and everything seemed fine. And um, that was, so she was born on Thursday. All three were born Thursdays, funnily oh, enough. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I was allowed to go home on the Saturday. And um, everything was fine for maybe a week. And then like the pain set in with feeding. And um it was just agony and even the public health nurse was like, okay, there's something wrong. She was trying different positions. Everything um, was checked, but nobody ever looked in her mouth. So she had a tongue tie. It's never checked. Um, I had numerous people say, no, she doesn't, or that's not a thing. That's not an issue with feeding, um, which I couldn't understand. How could it not be? Yeah. Um. So it was just kind of horrible that the feeding for the, for those few weeks um we were told it was reflux she was on infant gaviscon zantac um went to an osteopath anyway it was the osteopath who said can i just check her mouth and she said she has a quite a tight tongue tie and a lip tie and i was like why isn't that a check that's done i mean they click they roll their hips round in the hospital and mm. let them almost drop yet they didn't even look in her mouth and it surely it's vital for feeding and like at this stage I'd stopped it was just so sore I didn't want to feed anymore I just associated with you know obviously pain each time so I'd stopped at this stage so this was maybe eight weeks she was eight weeks old and um on all these other things like the infant gaviscon was like you know constipating her and um yeah it just wasn't it was a whirlwind first time experience being parents you know she cried all the time because obviously she was swallowing this air that we didn't know she was doing you know did that impact your mood yeah like um, I felt to be honest when I was trying to get answers that I was a new mom and you know you're just tired Mm. you're just overwhelmed and I also got the could you perhaps be suffering from postnatal depression and I was like, well, I don't know, but I, I know for sure I want to get to the bottom of what's wrong with my daughter. Mm. So could someone please investigate like what's I just knew in my gut it was, it was something else. I knew like she didn't spot, spit up. It wasn't reflux, you know. Uh, anyway, so the osteopath discovered this and said, I can refer you to, uh, for it to be lasered. And we did that. We didn't do the lip tie because he he basically said, look, when they get older, it could snap on an apple or snap itself. So it just, at the time they were advising the basically stroke the site to stop it re- reattaching in the mouth. So every four hours I had like a a light, like a miner's light on my head and I had to wake her, even when she was starting to sleep better. Every four hours I had to wake up and rub the site. And throughout the day and the night for four weeks, 
now it isn't it isn't advised anymore or like as in it, they, they say it doesn't make a difference but like at the time I was like okay I better do it because you must reattaches. have been you must have been up the walls oh, you, yeah it was crazy so but I was just glad to be honest we got to the bottom of mm. her issue so he said her tongue couldn't touch the roof of her mouth. And when you swallow, your tongue automatically touches the roof of the mouth. And so she was swallowing copious amounts of air, basically. So we, after that, it started to improve really quickly. Um, once the four weeks of the exercises and her tongue were finished, she just started to sleep the whole way through the night um, and everything just got easier then. So that was kind of, it was a tough, like, four or five months. But then it just, we kind of fell into parenthood and it, it was fine then, you know. Um, so that was grace. And second time around, I barely remember the pregnancy because you're so busy with the first. But again, I had like six weddings, six hens. <laughs> um, I was bridesmaid twice. Um, my brother and sister got married as well. So it was just a busy time but also when I'm when I think back now to those pregnancies like I had so many events to go to you know there was so much on it was nice you could dress your bump and all mm. that very different to the third um so yeah like it was pretty straightforward pregnancy I had nausea at the start um so with Darren yeah so we decided we'd go again but it was maybe three cycles in this time okay. before I got pregnant with Darren what age was Grace at this stage Grace was two in the September, um, so two and four months when Darren was born. So she was one and three months when we started. Um, okay. And then I got pregnant in the, the March, so she was one and a half when I got pregnant. Um, so we tried this time. I was My cycle went all over the place after I had Grace. So I uh, used the ovulation sticks to try and get an idea of when I was ovulating, but actually they just kind of um, made me stress out more. So then I just binned them and got pregnant. So it was kind of like a mind thing, I think. Mm. Um, it, it was good in a way because they, they made me pinpoint how long, you know, the cycle was. So I knew kind of for the next month, if you know what I mean. Um, so then, yeah, it was straightforward, but just a bit nauseous at the start. Um. And then I was due like Stephen's Day or a couple of days around then. And um, so that Christmas, I was like very fed up. Um, and then uh, she didn't come till the 3rd of January. Um, so she actually was the longest over because um, my son came three days early. But anyway, the day she came was just a very normal day I was just I just ask you a question yeah preparation wise did you do anything different in comparison to your first no (laughs) no like I didn't do the antenatal classes I no I did very little to be honest again hindsight I should should have done more um but I didn't um I probably did a bit more reading but okay. that was about it. So then um, for her, the, yeah, as the day I went into labor was quite like it was normal. Like she was, my daughter was playing with all her little Christmas presents. I was on the floor with her, like everything was grand. I was, I felt very like 
healthy and strong in that pregnancy. Like I was going to the gym till a couple of months before she was born. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty straightforward. It was grand and um, busy, like, but it was fine. Um, like I was out getting turf like that day. I mean, the grocery shop came, I put all the groceries mm-hmm. away. Like I had like, I thought Braxton Hicks on and off throughout the day. So I didn't take much note. I know I was six days over, but I also didn't really take much notice of them. I was like, I've been having these all week. I don't know. I just told myself, I bet you now we'll get induced or something with this one. But um, then they kind of got a bit stronger and I was still like, oh, I want to stay at home for as long as I can. Thinking of the last time being in the hospital on the stairs, all that. Um, but anyway, decided, sure, look, we'll go up and see what the story is. So on the whole way up, I listened. I just did the TENS machine and breathe and did my breathing. Um, and that was grand, actually. It got me through, like, um, so I must have picked that up in a book along the way. <laughs> just, it's all a blur now. I, it's all a blur now. Um because I'm mixing it up with the third, you know, and all the sleep yeah, deprivation. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I did. Um, I must have done something that I'm breathing <laughs> because I was like, even my husband was like, you must be far. Like, you seem fine <laughs> in the car on the way up. You know, I did the the same thing holding on to the thing when and during the contraction. But I, I don't know, I was able to handle it better. So we got up there and got parked. Now, at this stage, though, I was finding like when we got out of the car, it was hard to walk. Um, I like had to pause and that kind of thing, but I was still okay. So I still thought I'm probably only one or two, you know, centimeters. So we got up there, I got assessed and I was um, six and I was like, oh, oh, cool, right. And they were like, you're doing really well. Now I was up my hands and knees in the assessment um, room, like on the bed, like, okay, now I'm starting to feel them, you know, and I said, I was like, can I get pain relief now? And they're like, yeah, we'll get you to a room and see how you get up. So that was quarter to nine. And I got, the, the room wasn't ready yet. So I got to the room at, I think, 10 past nine. And they were like, um, we'll just assess you now and see. So two midwives and we rang your, we rang your doctor because I had the same doctor the whole way through. So we rang your doctor. She's on the way. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But I just took the gas and air and I was like, can I have an epidural? Because <laughs> I was like, I had one last time and I don't think I can do it. And they looked and they were like, and no, your baby's coming very soon. <laughs> There's no time. So I was like, what? And no, no, no. I, then my mind was like, you know, taking over. I can't do this. I had one last time. Mm. I, I won't be able to. And they were like, Paula, you're like, this is transitioning, which I found out after. <laughs> I was like, they were like, Paula, look at me. And I was like, yeah, okay. There was like good cop, bad cop. The two midwives, like one was like, okay, I need you to stop screaming and put all the energy into this. <laughs> like this pain will go as soon as the baby's born. And the other girl was like, she was um, New Zealand and she was, uh, she was a Kiwi. And she was just like, you can do it. And you, she was so, she was like, uh, you know, you've got this. You already had a baby. You're fine. And you know, this kind of thing. So they really were just bouncing off each other. But both had their place so um yeah like they were basically like you're 10 now and you're going to be having your babies very soon so then I had to just literally be like right accept this now because this this is coming like you know Mm. you you can't do anything about it and whatever obviously I was so excited to meet my baby but at the same time I was like oh god um 
so yeah basically and which which uh person which midwife did you focus more on I needed both at different times like both okay so I kind of was like I want to go on my hands and knees and they were like okay but I couldn't I don't know I just didn't have the strength to turn over so I was still on my back the same for the first one but I felt like I was moving up away from them like almost moving up the bed it was much more active all right it was much more active um, than the first, obviously, at the abjural the first time. So I was kind of writhing around a bit. But um, once they basically were like, OK, you're crowning now. So that was like it was it stung so much. But as soon as that was done, that was it. You know, the rest was fine. You know, her coming out was fine. It was just that initial when her head was just, you know, when she was crowning. Mm. And then it was just, I just felt like, oh, I felt like the most powerful person in that moment. You know, it's just like such a, I don't know, um, like a primal feeling. Like, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. So before it was fear and then it just, I transitioned into like, I am woman, hear me roar almost like, you know, I can, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I am doing this. And, uh, you know, I'm amazing. And my body is made like literally your body just takes over. It's like, it just has this innate, you know, knowledge that you didn't know about, like the subconscious. And she was born and I just like, it was just such elation. And there's none of that kind of weird, like buzzy feeling I felt from, before you know or the kind of it was like it was out of body experience and I was just like looking at myself on the bed doing this like wow <laughs> you know cheering cheering me on almost yeah, yeah. <laughs> so up she came and you know I didn't have anything about bar the gas and air so I just feel like she was so alert like I'm not just any but I'm like sure I, was, I had an epidural myself the first time but I just think like Grace, her eyes were open and all that. But with Darren, she was just like she'd been she'd always been here, you know, almost. It's just she was mm. just like so with it and immediately latched. And it was just, I don't know, I just felt like I, it was just this feat that we'd both done. And no instruments were used, nothing. Um, a tiny tear, like a stitch, you know, um, it's just like what you can do. And it was purely a mind thing. It really was. Um, I just felt like it took over, like that, you know, my mind took over and told my body, you can do this almost. Um, and then my doctor came in. <laughs> she was like, Paula, she's on a baby. She's like, I'm so sorry. I left as soon as I, I knew. And she lives in Dublin. Like she just, she, you know, so basically from when we got to the hospital to her being born was 45 minutes um okay yeah yeah because yeah, we're an hour and a half away so like I could get up straight away I could have a shower you know and like my doctor's like this so this was Thursday night so Grace was Thursday morning Darren was Thursday night um half nine and basically she was like geez like you did so well like you could be able to go home Saturday morning uh, you know all was great um so anyway on Friday then she spiked a temperature there and did which we found out later was probably environmental like the room was on fire I don't know they're so hot those rooms mm-hmm. um but um anyway they had to keep her in 
uh, gave her antibiotics through an IV in her hand straight away, just in case there was something. So they do that. They do the blood cultures. And before they get the results back, they do the antibiotic just in case. And then okay. by the time we got the results, there was nothing there. But, you know, they can't take that risk with a small baby. But before, oh yeah, I meant to say, before I had her, I harvested colostrum from 36, 37 weeks, 37 weeks maybe, in these like tiny little containers. And then with each day, I was able to gather more and more. And they were, so Kieran grabbed those out of the freezer before we went to the hospital. So tell me how you did that. That's interesting. Hand expression. So I went to a, even though I fed with grace, I, it was such a, you know, crappy experience. I wanted, Mm. I was like, I want to give it more input this time around. So went to a breastfeeding class up in the coom with a couple of friends who were pregnant at the same time. And she talked about harps in the classroom. And I was kind of like, well, I won't. I, but I did anyway. I got like the little two and they they had um, my stickers already done. It was handy. Like I just put the stickers on and my hospital number and all that was on it. And it was just hand expression. And at the start, it's like drops. And but they were like, you might not get anything. And don't worry that this is going to like show you they have a bad supply for after or anything like that. It's not like that. So I'm just like watching Christmas movies, like hand expressing on the couch and then go and put my tiny little amount of classroom into the freezer. Um, but yeah, I know the, the stocks like, you know, gradually went up. So when we were in the hospital, then I was um, after every time I fed, my husband topped her up with the tiny little bottle of my milk. So so my milk was in their their little fridge in the nurse's station. And um, he'd just go up and they defrost it and he comes back down, top her up. Brilliant, Even though yeah. we, she didn't need to be, but I suppose it gave mm. me a bit more sleep in there. Um, but I mean, we still had like the rough second night and all that, but it was really handy. Um, it took the pressure off a little bit, I'm sure, because you do feel yeah. so under pressure in those first few forever. <laughs> yeah, for still. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, she they could have to weigh her like three times. She went up a pound before we left the hospital. <laughs> like, so she Did was she? seven. She was seven one on Thursday night, and on Monday when we, we left, she was eight one. They literally oh weighed her three, three times. So I put it down to the top ups. Yeah, well, like the classroom is liquid gold. So <sighs> anyway, yeah, I was like. Ah, no, that's not right. And they were like, oh, I'm just going to wear, I'm just going to check this scales. It must be, must be working. I'm just going to get another set of scales. And another nurse came in to check in case the other nurse was a bit off that day. But no, that was, um, it was crazy. Um, yeah, she was a chunk, like, <laughs> you know, she just rapidly um, gained weight. But I, like, was kind of foolish then. I used the hacker, like, I, discover this hack like oh I didn't have this first time round. I used it for every feet and I was so engorged and in so much pain obviously my body was getting this this message that you need a huge supply for this infant and I actually didn't and I had just I was in so much pain all the time again I was just like um oh we were feeding her like so much of that milk in bottles express milk as well that's why she probably 
was so chunky. Um, like the, the difference between their christening pictures is unreal. <laughs> but um, she, I just, it was just so uncomfortable. I was crying all the time with the pain this time from engorgement. And again, I was like, I made it to, I don't know, seven, eight weeks. and was like, no, this isn't for me again. So, so like cross was different reasons, but just, I, I didn't use the hack effect uh, like effectively or how it's supposed to kind of be used. I just overused it. Um, so can I ask you a question? Mm. You know, when you decided to stop and you were so engorged, what happened? Did you drop feeds or how did you do it without getting even more uncomfortable? So I dropped it. Um, I dropped a feed uh, every couple of days and she, like she was getting express milk um, in, uh, to replace that feed. I used um, cold cabbage leaves with okay. peppermint oil in coconut oil as the carrier on the inside of the leaves. I'd read that somewhere and uh, it like I had no problems. Um, it okay. was fine. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I was a bit uncomfortable and I hand expressed just enough to relieve the engorgement. And um, when I was in the shower, I turned away from the spray, all that kind of thing you know not yeah. no stimulation of so it was actually fine um i mean i was disappointed you know um but it was what it was and also my first used to give me such high guilt she used to come into the room and be like mommy and then see me feeding and go never mind and walk out oh, God. Two, year, two years four months i was like oh, sit there <laughs> all the hormones gone and then like I mean it would have been the same for bottle feeding but I just put it down to oh I'm breastfeeding all the time but anyway because did you feel a drop in or a change in your hormones then when you did stop um not immediately so she was born January no not immediately but I definitely had like fogginess kind of um anxiety around the April mark so for This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Four months in, maybe after the fourth mm-hmm. trimester. Yeah, I don't know why we were quite crazy then and decided to have another. Because um, normally lockdown with kids would put you off. <laughs> but basically, yeah, we were just like, okay, we'll see what happens. And if it happens, it happens. And it did. It happened pretty much straight away. So um, we were very lucky again. That was August 20. Um, but totally different, as in nothing to go to. And no events on, nothing to dress up for. It was very different pregnancy, but look, it was what it was. Um, and I was obviously busy with the girls all the time, so I was tired enough. Um, this time round, I did things differently. I read lots of books. I read Mind Over Mother. I read uh, the Positive Breastfeeding book, um, Amy Brown, Professor Amy Brown, because um, I was determined to try and have a different experience this time. Um, I know you can't control everything, but to give it my best mm. shot, you know, um, inform myself as much as I could. Um, I um, listened to, I downloaded Gentle Birth app and I listened to it the whole way through. And I did my, you know, because it gives you like meditations and hypnobirthing to do every day. So I did it religiously, you know, like I didn't miss any. Um, I listened to all your podcast stories because I wanted to get like all the range of different births that are out there and possible so I could kind of half prepare myself for the fact that it might not be like the last time or the first time you know um so I used to walk every day and listen to those and you know rest when I could um my eldest was um or my second was still napping at times <laughs> so I was able no she was so I was able to use that time and my first would like watch a cartoon and I was able to just not be asleep but lie there and do my meditation you know and that kind of thing um and what encouraged you what inspired you to to start listening to the meditation tracks and just do that a little bit more this time um I guess from the second time I knew how powerful my mind was in those few minutes mm. And I was like, okay, you know, you can do it. You, I, instead of being calm throughout the pregnancy, but there and I calm all the way up to that, like kind of moment where I was like, I can't do this, can't do this. I want to, I want that experience the whole way through. You know, I, I don't want to lose my head at any point if I can avoid it. And I thought this would help. Um, 
so that's basically why and it did I was so calm that pregnancy and relaxed and wasn't worried about the labor or wasn't worried about the birth at all and I really wasn't you know and and then you know I had placenta previa and I was like oh no like I I don't want to have a section you know and then the baby was breached and like oh god like you know it's like the universe is conspiring against me um and we found out he was a boy as well so that was exciting because I have two girls um so then anyway um that was Christmas when we found out so that was cool and then the placenta pre uh, so first of all the breach um or him being breached uh, he turned around I don't know 37 weeks or something and so that was grand and then the day before the day before he was born I had a scan um to see what the story was with the placenta and it had moved and I was like great you know everything is falling into place and then on Thursday do you want to for those who don't know what it is sorry do you want to just briefly explain what it is yes so it's basically your placenta can be up high at the top of your womb it can be at the front and that's why a lot of people might not feel kicks in that um uh, is that anterior I'm not sure but anyway mine was at the bottom so basically blocking the way out low-lying placenta so um if it had stayed the whole way to the end um I couldn't have had a vaginal birth which is what I wanted so um it was great when um the placenta moved out of the way and she said you know the whole systems go like everything looks good mm-hmm. this was the day before he was born um and she didn't do an internal. It was just a scan, you know, because everybody thinks what happened the next day was because of something being moved around or um, interfered with, but it wasn't. So basically the next morning at like 5 a.m. I or half five, I like just really bad back pain. <clears throat> I was just leaning on the um, headboard of my bed. You know, like, oh, God, this is really bad. And because of how quick it was the second time, I thought like, okay, it's kind of imminent, but I was determined this time around, I wanted to have my bath because I knew from everything I read and heard that water has such like healing properties and, um, you know, relaxing properties and all that. So I was like, no, I'm going to have my, and my husband was like, no, I think we should just go. I was like, no, I'm having my bath. So anyway, the girls then were up at this stage and they were in with their face cuts like, mommy, we're helping you. I was like, oh, oh, but I'd really like to be on my own, you know. But thanks, <laughs> thanks. And um, Kieran was like, okay, leave mommy alone. But I had my, I had the track playing, the labor. I had a labor playlist with like, oh, wait, no, she I didn't even mention. I had like 34 weeks I had bleeding. Um, to, sorry to go back. Um, I had bleeding and uh, I got such a fright obviously I went up and they they couldn't determine the cause of it but kept me in for two days so that was kind of scary not kind of scary it was quite scary you know um, it, I had maybe three bouts of it of blood and it was just 34 weeks you know it's still I know like everything would have been fine but it, to me it felt so early I had the steroid injection in case um, he was born early for his lungs. So I was kept in two nights and everything was fine. They couldn't find the reason. 
and they kept me in the case of placental abruption, which is where the placenta moves away from the wall of the womb. And because I had placenta previa, I think they were kind of a bit um, worried about that, but everything was fine. And um, after a couple of days, so it, obviously, like, you know, if anything happened again to come back, but nothing did in the next six weeks, basically. So um, back to the day of... Um, so yeah, we headed for Dublin and we I got there at 10 a.m. and they were like, you're one centimeter. I was like, what? <laughs> and I told them what happened the last time. So they were like, okay, obviously don't go home. Is there somewhere you can go? And my sister-in-law lived seven minutes away. So we went over to her house and I walked around the near like the park nearby. It was all in my back. Like I was just like, I had no contraction. It was just in my back the whole time. And they said, look, come back to us if if contractions like start and they get closer or if you have, you know, a show or anything like that, come back. And each time I always had pain before I my waters before they broke, you know. And my waters broke on examination each time, not naturally. Okay. So I was like, oh, they probably won't go. But anyway, um, walking around, I spent the day with my husband. You know, it was actually nice because it was like nice. a break. Yeah, yeah, it was a break. Um, the girls are at home with his mom, so I knew they were fine. But I still like this silly kind of guilt, like, oh, this is probably nothing. And I'm like putting everybody out. And like my husband was like, well, you relax. And it is like there's, you know, something's happening. You're like, the baby will be born today. I'm like, we're sure of it, you know. I was like, what if it's, you know, Braxton Hicks again? And But anyway, it was very painful in my back, but I used all the techniques. I listened to the gentle birth in the house. I watched like funny, like, you know, friends or whatever, um, relax as much as I could. And the midwife rang me at 7 p.m. and was like, you never got back to me. And I was like, well, look, nothing changed. And she said, OK, would you just pop back over and I'll have a look. So I came back over and she was like, um oh geez you're like one and a half I was like oh come on like what like this is the whole day you know and mm. again kept thinking of the second like my the second birth and um she was like look every baby's different you know but she said I think the baby's back to back and that's why you're having such bad back pain yeah so gave me paracetamol and she said um what do you want to do and I was like oh look I don't know and I said you know I don't want to be I want to, I'd sleep better if I was back in my sister-in-law's but and then she said look I was just talking to your doctor and she said can you admit her you know because we can keep a closer eye because of how quick it was the last time so I was like that's fine went down to the ward and met these two lovely girls one of them actually had listened to your podcast as well so we were like oh yeah I remember this one or whatever <laughs> and um so we were sitting there chatting and it was the most relaxed I'd been because my mind was totally off everything um because all that day I don't know why I just stressed out so much about putting my mother-in-law out and even though like she was happy to mind the girls I was like what if this isn't it at all and this is such like it's a false alarm and my husband was like so I think I think I mentally blocked myself again like I didn't let the oxytocin flow and all that kind of thing I think I was just like I was anxious and even though like I'd done all this preparation I just think I didn't let myself relax that day I don't know I think I did kind of um, sabotage it a bit for myself so when I was down in the ward I was very relaxed so this was eight to half nine 
very chilled out and everything and chatting to the girls. And anyway, they were like, oh, we'll just come and do your trace now. So the trace at seven showed he was fine. And I was only one and a half centimetres. So anyway, um, they came in to do a trace at half nine and they were like, his heart rate 200. And I was like, oh, um, okay. I Because you know that's always high, like babies, newborns or fetal heart rates. It's like really high. But they were like, no, 200 is too high. Did you drink much water today? And I was like, yeah, like I filled that bottle there, pointing at a leisure bottle three times. And they were like, okay we need to get fluids into you. Um, so they started trying to get them in. And like, I donate blood. I have no issues with needles or whatever, or veins. And they couldn't get it in. They couldn't get a needle in anywhere. Like I was black and blue. Five different people tried. Anesthesiologists tried. So my veins were all collapsing. So when they even got the needle in, no blood was coming back out. Um, so they were like, uh, are you feeling Okay. You know, they were checking my temperature. Basically, thought I was going, I had some kind of severe infection. I think my body was just like going into shock, even though I didn't know. I was literally lying there like, what's all the fuss? Kind of, I, I felt like very, I still felt very relaxed, even though the 200, I just thought it would come down. So this is 10 o'clock and his heart rate is still 200. My doctor arrives and she's like, I don't like this. This isn't like your normal history with your births. This is too high. She's like, I'm going to examine, you know. So I just put like, I treated myself to this like lovely, silky, rosy, Huntington Whiteley um, M&S gown. And I put it on just before. <laughs> and she examined me and waters everywhere. Meconium, like grade, whatever, bad meconium. Um, she was like, okay, you're, you are in active labor, but Paula, um, this could be five minutes or five hours. His heart rate is way too high. Can't keep it like this for that long at the risk of it, you know? So uh, the baby needs to come now. And I was so naive and tired and all over the place that I was like, uh, are you inducing me? And she was like, no, you're having a section. And I was like, what? And at this point, this, they only had just got the needle in now. So there were well, about 40 minutes trying to get a needle into me. Like, like, and as I said, I donated blood lots of times and never had an issue. Like it was, but this was excruciating. Like I just, I got started to get like um, a fear of seeing the next person come and try. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really explained what happened there, why that happened. Anyway, so basically she was like, no, we're going to the theatre now. Um, and I said, oh, what about my stuff? And Oh, yeah, but the dressing gown got destroyed with the meconium. I was like, I'm only after putting it on. And it's like this gorgeous silk. I haven't worn it since. Obviously, it's clean. But I was like, for fuck's sake, why not I just leave it off? Sorry. Shouldn't have cursed. Um, anyway, um, so they uh, threw the phone on top of me kind of bring your husband yeah we'll take care of your belongings um I was like okay like my hands shaking in the corridor like they're like pushing me down getting it into the lift quick I was like okay rang him I was like okay keep calm because if you are freaked out like he will freak now he's only seven minutes away thankfully he's in his sister's and his sister answered she's like he's in the shower I was like I'm having a section, like, get over it. She was like, okay. And she's a doctor. So she's like, um, 
okay, everything will be okay. Um, you're in the right place, all that kind of thing. But she's like, I'll, get him. I'll tell him to get out of the shower and go. So anyway, um, he got over, which I didn't know at the time. He got over like really quickly, um, but just wasn't allowed in. So he had to stand out in the corridor because this was May of this year. So still restrictions. So he's outside in the corridor and gowned up, but wasn't allowed into the theatre, which is when I really needed him. I needed him from the point of basically being told I needed a section, mm-hmm. not just before my son was born. Like, so I was like, um, so I just really panic started to take over and I was trying to remember my techniques and all that, you know, the breathing. And that's why I thought it was ironic that I was very relaxed chatting to those girls, yet this was what was happening inside. Um, so got down to theatre. Like, it's very scary when, like, I've never had surgery in my life um, to see, like, 13 staff. It was the last time it was just like the midwives and me, you know, and um, lights everywhere, like the smells, like all the things that you want to avoid with the oxytocin flow and all that. Like everything was like shut down in my in my head, you know. Um, got over like they put me up in the bed thing, and it's it's like when you see in um. Like I used to watch ER or Grey's Anatomy, you know, where they mm. all go at the same time, like like whatever, three, two, one, lift. And you feel really like cumbersome and awkward. Like you're just like, sorry, you know. But um then it was time for the spinal. And like, you know, leaning over the cushion. And I was still in shock. Like my body was starting to like really shake. And it was like, it just felt really clinical, really like, I don't know it just it wasn't that nice of an experience um that part anyway so leaning over I got my spinal and then I felt really unwell and I said I'm gonna be sick and they were like (laughs) just one moment I was like I know I can't stop vomiting (laughs) you know (laughs) got sick all down the side of the bed and they were like oh like kind of like oh you were serious brought up me over a kidney dish I like filled that as well they're like oh it's normal to feel like this after you know spinal or whatever like I just I felt like there were all these wires coming out coming out of me um they're trying to get fluids into me and all that um and then they were trying to explain what was going to happen I think I'm maybe for other people an emergency section wasn't that big a deal but it just it was very alien for me after the other two births you know especially the second one like I kept thinking, no, you know, I had my second one drug free and, you know, this, no, 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 this shouldn't be happening kind of thing. And they were like, every baby different is different. Every situation is different. Um, this is circumstances where, you know, you found yourself in like with whatever is going on in your body mm. um, right now. Or like if he's stuck, whatever is going on, his heart rate was still very high. And um, like it was still at 200. So this was, I don't know, you're probably talking half ten now. Um, And like there was the screen being put up. And like I know I listened to the stories of the sections, but I never let it let myself believe that could happen to me. I was just like, oh, God, that would have been scary. And then just forget about it, you know. And I didn't 
you know, prepare enough with the gentle birth either. Um, with the sections, I probably skipped over things like, you know, so I would advise any any women out there that are expecting to just, you know, kind of prepare for all scenarios as best you can, obviously. Um, so then, yeah, they put the screen up and I still, I kept asking, can my husband come in? Or where's my husband? They're like, no, he can't come in yet. And I kind of was like, why? Um, no, he can't come in. They didn't, couldn't really give me a reason. So like, what's the difference with him being out there gowned up you know, seven minutes before the baby was born, as opposed to 45 seconds, which is what he he did get in for before my baby was born. Like COVID-wise, what is that? What's the difference there? Also, we we sleep in the same bed. Like if I am a risk, you know, if he's, you know, we're both a risk then. Like I had my COVID test done, which is, wasn't very pleasant, you know, obviously, but especially when you're in labor that day, you know, to, have that as well um so like I got my negative result yet still like not I just really think I would have been a lot calmer if he was there at my head as opposed to complete strangers you know because my doc my doctor was down the other end and look we did get to spend the day together and I do think that helped but it, that was the point when I really need him you know um and to me, if even if it was my sister, it just a friendly face, someone I know. I know my doctor, but she was, as I said, at the other end, because her concern is me and baby, you know. Um, so she was making sure everything was okay. That end, so I just basically talked to the anesthesiologist as best as much as I could, but he was obviously doing his job too. So you know, it wasn't like there was any distraction going on for me which is kind of what I needed as well or words of encouragement or you know basically like I needed someone to say you can do this and that so the gentle birth definitely helped me like I I mean I wouldn't have said I was calm at that point but I probably would have been a lot worse if I didn't do that prep you know that mental preparation um I probably would have like, I don't know, fainted or something. So like, I'm still shaking at this point. They didn't really clean me down that well. <laughs> so like, I mean, I'd vomit on the gown and um, I was so disorientated. I still was like, this isn't happening kind of. So then eventually they, he was, he just appeared like beside my head, like, hey, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he's like, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You can do this. And I was like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and he's just there. Everything's okay. Everything's. And literally then it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like oh it was just like an overwhelming for the fences, you know? Well, um, like obviously they had just been like, look, you're going to feel pulling. They, they do all that kind of, you know, warning. Like, you're not going to feel this, but you're going to feel a kind of pulling sensation. So anyway, they pulled him out and he was like, wow. So I knew like he was fine. You know, once they you hear the cry, I was like trying to pull mm. down the screen to get a better look at him. And they were like, don't touch the screen. The field is sterile. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was just like, I want to see him. Um, but anyway, I, that was as well one of my, in my birth plan um, or birth preferences. Uh, court, delayed cord clamping I'd read loads about this and of course straight away 
cut brought over to be checked like obviously um an emergency section they have to do it like I also didn't have that I wanted straight on to me like obviously if she was fine straight on to me sure like that couldn't happen anyway so he was over on the little weighing scale thing and I sent my husband over to like you know talk to him because I I think that's important when the baby comes out to hear your voice and to know that they're they're safe even though it's like this huge traumatic event for them you know that they hear you and they know that it's a familiar that you're there so I you know I did I said like mm. baby and you know this kind of thing whatever and but I said go over and talk to him you know and he went over and he's like shh, shh, whatever and I was just there like oh my god I can't believe this happened but he's okay and it's like it's weird like in that moment when you kind of when you don't know what's happening to your body or like kind of to your mind for those like literally split seconds you're like I just felt for like a couple of seconds he's okay if anything happens to me now it doesn't matter because he's okay which is it sounds crazy but that literally just like washed over me for a few seconds and I was like what are you talking about no everything like you were important too but I don't know what happened what that was but I just felt it for those few seconds and when I say that people are like rolling their eyes a bit like geez that's awful dramatic but it was just a subconscious thing that happened no you like I've had goosebumps (laughs) several times from how how you've spoken about that there that was so intense Mm. and for your senses and for the complete opposite to what you had experienced and what you knew before so to go from that to and also this is I huge. think I had yeah. researched and read and listened to so many other things this time that I knew the benefits of the oxytocin flow. I knew cortisol and the fear and how that blocked, stopped contractions, slowed contractions, made them more intense. Like this time around, I did uh, I did pregnancy mm. yoga with with all of them. Yeah. No, but this time around was specific pregnancy. I think the other times I just did yoga, but modified. And we had worked on, you know, that the contraction was a wave, the surge, like, and you're you're basically just riding that wave. I'd done so much mental preparation. So it was the most mentally prepared I was and the most relaxed I thought I was for the whole pregnancy and the most traumatic was the births. So it was ironic, you know, but... Mm. Look, people have said it to me, you know, that also I've done gentle birth and that like some of my friends, you know, it could have been a lot worse if I hadn't done all those, you know, for me mentally. So I am grateful that I put all that work in, even though at the time I was like, oh, my God, I've done all that. And this has still happened, but it can't, you know, you know, what what's going to happen is going to happen, I think so yeah like, I mean yeah. none of my actions made it happen but at least I had all that knowledge there like it just frustrated me that I didn't want the cord clamps and I wanted them up with me straight away and all that but look it just it wasn't to be so when they brought him over to me I couldn't hold him and that like upset me more you know I was just like my body would not stop shaking and they put his cheek up to mine and um, they said, okay, w- um, your husband's going to take him down to the recovery room now. Um, but you'll be down really soon. Like, you just have to get stitched up. 
And I was like, okay, this was quarter to 11 when he was born. And so less than an hour from when the doctor called it. Yeah, 40, half an hour from when we got to theatre, he was born. But most of that is just prep, all the prep stuff. So anyway, he um, went to husband and the nurse to the recovery room. And I was just lying there being stitched up thinking this is my golden hour, you know. Um, but hoping like that they wouldn't impact anything really. Um, and I think like, they were so, they were lovely and we chatted away and I, um, all of a sudden then it was like my senses started to come back. I could hear the music that was playing, even though I couldn't hear any of that beforehand. Like, you know, they have music playing in theatre. That song, you know, crazy. <laughs> like, awesome. What a random song to be playing in theatre. But they were they were lovely and they were like, oh, it's such a person's birthday as well today. And I was like, oh, happy birthday. You share a birthday with my son. And it started to get more lighthearted then, you know, once they knew baby was okay and I was okay. And then they took out the placenta and you know the way they count all the parts and but this time they're all up hanging like uh do you know those like organizers for your clothes <laughs> that you can put like you know scarves in them or belts or whatever and they're clear plastic pockets basically that's what all yeah. bits of the placenta were in <laughs> which was random crazy yeah no it's like and even though you should be like yeah so they had to like check all the parts in case basically, you know, a COVID placentitis thing came out. I think they were just literally terrified of that. It, it was literally a couple of months before he was born that that made huge news. So I think they were like, we need to inspect this because the the nature of the birth, the shock in my body, everything, they just started to, I think, I think my doctor was like, check that placenta, like every part. So like I could see all the like, and even though it didn't, it didn't freak me out. I was actually like fascinated watching them. Like, my God, that's an organ that it grew in this pregnancy. It's crazy. So I got down to the room. It was 45 minutes after he was born and my body was still kind of shaking a bit. Um, And like, I don't know why it feels so different. The epidural with my first, it felt like, my legs were numb, but I still had legs. Whereas with the spinal, it felt like I had no legs. Like it was a crazy, crazy feeling. Like they were just like, oh, shimmy up the bed a bit there. So, you know, you can get in a good position for feeding. I was like, I can't. I just felt like they were gone. I never felt so vulnerable in my life. Like, you know, that I just, my body would not do what I wanted. You know, it's like move legs, mm. you know, it's like um, in Kill Bill where she's like telling her toe to move. And I was just like, why won't you move, you know? So like Kieran and another nurse had to haul me up the bed and then they put him in my arms and I could not get him to latch. And I started to panic, like this golden hour has been fucked now. And, you know, I was just starting to get like, and he was like, relax, like settle, like, you know, he's the baby's going to pick up on your stress, which obviously you know, he was, he started to cry then. And I was like, oh God, like, you know, I just, I was so overwhelmed again, like thinking this bonding has been affected. All this, you know, the way you just, and again, it was nighttime and nighttime, I always think it's harder, you know? So I was just like, it was half length. I was exhausted at this stage. Like, cause he, like I put in a full day of back pain labor as well since half five that morning. So I was wrecked, but he did, he latched. And like, 
took a bit. And again, I didn't harvest colostrum this time. And that was the time I got it all with it. You know what I mean? Like, not the second time feeding my chunky baby. This time, like, my husband could have been giving him it. But like, I, you know, hindsight. So I don't know why I didn't harvest it this time around. Anyway, I didn't. So he, he latched okay. Not great, like, but then he was wrecked too. I think like um, C-sections are really traumatic on babies from what I, on my own experience and what I've heard, you know, just in comparison, he just seemed really like out of, just like all I could do was compare to the like vibrancy in the baby that there were no drugs and the baby with all the drugs, you know, and like, I know that's just the way it has to be, but I still, I could, I felt that as well. Like, you know, so they were very good though like I don't know if I should say unofficially how long my husband got to hang around for but they didn't kick him out that quickly you know COVID and everything that was good you know he got to stay for a good while I don't know whether that was because I had an emergency section but he did get to stay a while and then I went to the ward and basically from then um we just got um better and better at the feeding and he had a tie I made sure with each child after to check for a tongue tie. Um, my second didn't, but my third, he did, but not that tight. But they said he had about 80% tongue function. So they said, look, it is probably best to do it. So they did it before we even left the hospital. Okay. Um, which was mm. great. Yeah, such a relief to get that tongue tie sorted, especially when you knew that it could have possibly been an issue after other experiences. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate um, your level of honesty. Thank you. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you, Cara. I hope you enjoyed this week's bonus episode. I will have another episode for you on Monday. That will be the last of the year. And then we'll be back to our regular weekly episodes. I'm always tempted to do two episodes a week but I don't think I have the time at the moment maybe in the future so enjoy Christmas and I will chat to you on Monday the 27th Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.